Loudest Podcast. Welcome to the Loudest Podcast. Loudest Podcast on the internet. Now that you don't have ears anymore, I will tell you about the amazing show. Oh my god, fuck my big fat white ass. We have such a great show for you today. First up, we're going to be hearing from Dr. Anthony Fauci on the importance of getting vaccinated with my co-host, Asterios Kokonos. Asterios, say hi. Hello. And we've got a big upcoming performance at the end of the episode from Billie Eilish. I don't think you can deliver on any of these promises. Look, I'll cut this part out of the episode. I I hope you have all this lined up because I've done jack shit for this episode. What are you talking about? Billie Eilish is in the studio. There she is. (laughs) That's taller. No, that's Billie Eilish. With cigarette burns on her feet. (laughs) No, that's Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish also has cigarette burns on her feet, so I could see the similarities, but no, you are incorrect. She will be performing for us. Isn't that right, Billie Eilish? She says, what's good? (laughs) Oh, that does sound like Zoomers. All right. Welcome to Last Podcast. Stereos, how's your week been going? My week's been going pretty good. I I went out to visit my parents, uh, and I'm going to visit your parents tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. I know you cook. Don't you cook the majority of Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, No, my mom is doing it this year because she's trying to impress you. So she went out and she got a turkey and she's like thawing it. And she's also making mashed potatoes from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) I am making macaroni and cheese. She makes really, really good stuffing, though. I help. Okay, cool. You guys, you told me last night, you're like, we ripped up a bunch of bread and we're staleifying the bread. Like, yeah. You're really making stuffing. You're not just doing what other people, you're not just putting stovetop in there. No, because stovetop is fucking vile. But my dad is convinced that it's good. So he's going to do this thing. I, I forgot to prepare you for this. He's going to do this thing where he brings over a pot of stovetop stuffing and has you eat it and then close your eyes and eat my mom's stuffing. And he's going to want to attempt to have you convince or coerce you to say that his stuffing tastes good when actuality it is not food. I imagine like divorced Christmas was a real thing for you where your parents were constantly competing for your affection, attention, and love. Oh yeah, they do this great thing uh, when I come visit where they'll sit in my mom's living room and like complain about how neither one sees me. And it's like, yeah, who could have possibly predicted shitting out kids with someone that you can't stand to be in the same room with? (laughs) In an improper level of time distribution between the two of you. Who could have possibly predicted this? Well, I also hate when people are like, you never see me, you never call me. It's like, I'm literally talking to you right now. Also, phones work both ways, jackass. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is this the time to be attacking me when I'm trying to reach out and talk to you? Oh, the holidays are so great. I brought that up because I have spent the better part of the last two hours uh, smoking crack and watching this, maybe one of the worst Christmas movies I've ever seen in my entire life that my mom absolutely loves. It's called, I swear to God, I'm not making this up, Family Mad. Have you ever heard of it? Not Family Guy, Family Man. Wait, is that the one with Nicolas Cage? Yeah. I... <laughs> what happens in it? Is he a ghost? Just like what happens in family? I know Family Man. I don't know Family Man. Family Man. I will tell you the entire. Thank you for asking, Asterios. I will now recount the entire plot of Family Man to Please you because <laughs> Mom's Family Man. Favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to absolutely rip this to shred. This is another reason why you can't talk about the podcast at uh, dinner, by the way, because uh, she'll start asking questions about where to hear it. And I told her the reason why I told her she can't listen to it is because I say swears. <laughs> but it's actually because I say stuff like this. Does your mom have an iPhone? No, no. Oh, it's only available on iPhone. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not available on Android or BlackBerry or Flip Phone. What if your mom has, oh, I'm sorry, it's not on that. Oh, it's also not a podcast. It's a live radio program that's not recorded. So chucks darn it. (laughs) It's on Twitch. Do you want to take the time to learn what Twitch is? Or can we both just move on? I'll teach you how to use Wii.stream or whatever the fuck <laughs> rabbit's calling itself these days. <laughs> Anyways, Family Man is the story of Nicolas Cage and Tay Leone, and it, oh, the movie opens. What, what the movie tells you it's about is Nicolas Cage learning about the importance of family, but what it's actually about is God just being an unmitigated jackass for, like, three days at this guy who is supposedly trying to help. Okay, so let me tell you, and I'm sitting here, I'm watching this, I'm like, wow, God is a fucking dick in this movie. And my mom's like, no, he's, oh, he's never actually said to be God. It's not a Morgan Freeman thing. He's a magical being with powers that I will explain to you momentarily. And these powers are given to him by, quote, the upper echelon. Of what the angels? fuck does that mean? Does that mean God? I don't know. There's, it's magic powers, so it's not like lizard people shit, okay? Okay, whatever this higher power is, and it sounds like an AA meeting, whatever your higher power is, is it played by an actor or is it like a CGI glow? Like, how do they represent God in Family Man? It's a gentleman. It's an African-American gentleman whose name I do not know playing okay. the the power that be. So so Nicolas Cage, the movie opens with Nicolas Cage and Tay Leone, and they're at an airport, and Nicolas Cage is about to fly off to London to learn how to money. He's going to learn how to money so fucking hard. <laughs> and then he's going to come back to America, and then he's going to make a bunch of money and marry Tay Leone, and they're going to have kid babies and shit, right? So Tay Leone at the airport is like, don't go, Nicolas Cage. I just, I got a feeling you're just going to be on these hoes. If you leave, I don't think we're going to like stay together. And he's like, no, I'm just going to be gone for a year. I'm not going to forget about you, babe. And turns out them hoes was in London because they broke up. So the movie opens on Nicolas Cage, who is now a big, fat, dick, swinging, generic, Christmas movie businessman. Like, he does business. <laughs> he does business because that is a legal requirement in the year 2000. Uh, it was the law that your Christmas movie had to have a dad character who was a workaholic and who was working on Christmas at a job that it makes no fucking sense to be working at on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know who works on Christmas? Police officers, doctors, <laughs> HVAC employees, HVAC repair professionals. You know who doesn't work on Christmas? Stockbrokers. The stock market is not even open. The markets are closed. And this was before, like, crypto. Like, everything was closed. You couldn't right. do any international trading. So, uh, Nicolas Cage, well, that doesn't matter because Nicolas Cage is so fucking, has got such a massive boner for business that he is working on Christmas Eve and he is working on Christmas Day. And the reason why he has to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is because there's a massive $100 billion merger coming up and it has to take place on 
fucking Christmas because we hate Christmas and we love money. Okay. <laughs> That's the dad character. That's the dad character in every goddamn Christmas movie. So Nicolas Cage is at his office. He's swinging his dick around. He leaves after talking about how he's going to business, business, business. And his secretary's like, yo, you got to call on the phone from Tay Leone. You want to call her back? And he's like, why in the fuck is she calling me? I haven't talked to her in like 10 goddamn years. So he's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get myself some uh, celebratory eggnog from the quarter store and think about it because I am going to business late into the evening. <laughs> <laughs> so, he goes to the corner store where he sees a gentleman arguing with the uh, racist character of a Chinese person across the counter over a lottery ticket. Like, the guy has a lottery ticket, and he's, like, up and down. He's popping his shoulder. He's, he's like, hey, man, check out this lottery ticket. I have a winner right here, and I am owed $238. And the guy behind the counter is, like, in the most racist accent you could imagine. I'm not going to do it, but just use your imagination. No this is a forgery. You lie. Get out of this store. Uh, I'm calling the cops. So the okay, guy is like, just real quick. Couldn't the guy scan the ticket? Like even in the year 2000, we'd had the barcode where you could scan the ticket. This seems very easy to solve. Yeah, dude, I don't know what year this movie takes place. And it has to be pre 2001 because there is a shot of the twin towers in it. Fun okay. fact. Unless him going to London instead of staying with Tay Leone, somehow preserve the Twin Towers. I, we, we don't, because remember, we're dealing with a sliding door style, it's a wonderful life, alternate reality, I assume. Yeah, oh my God, we don't, I don't know if the Twin Towers appear in the second half of the movie that mm -hmm. I'm about to describe, mm -hmm. but they might, holy fuck, somebody mm -hmm. needs to get President George Bush on the phone. It was Nicolas Cage. <gasps> Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Nicolas Cage might have been on both planes and then done that thing that Mark Wahlberg said he was going to do where he was like, if I was on the 9-11 planes, I would have karate chopped everybody. Yeah, he got there and he businessed so hard that he convinced the terrorists that he is so good at negotiations that he convinced the terrorists not to terrorize America that day. Damn, that's good business. Sidebar, I was sitting, I was e eating lunch with somebody the other week, and she was like, you know that saying, never forget? And I was like, yeah, it's like 9-11. She says, you know, if I was a terrorist, that's exactly what I would want, is people to never forget. Like, the worst thing you could do is be like, what the fuck, that didn't happen. And I was like, you know, you're kind of right. You know what I would change it to? Never what? forgive. Never forgive. Yes, that's a good one. That's a lot better. And also, if you were affected, you might want to forget. Like, if you were a first responder and you saw stuff, like, you're drinking a lot of forget-me juice. Yeah, we should change the slogan from never to get to intentionally forget, never forgive. Like, I don't yes. know why the fuck we're so mad at you, Taliban, but I fucking hate you. We should change the slogan to whatever happened that day, fuck you, Taliban. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, again, this guy seems like he's so good at business. He might have, like, gotten the Taliban and ISIS to put aside their differences and take on the great Satan together. Oh, no, he businessed too hard and too good. He businessed so hard he made it, like, the COVID-19 version of a Wahhabist terrorist. Anyways. Oh, my good. Well, anyway... So uh, this gentleman with the lottery ticket is getting very heated and the uh, store clerk says, you got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, I'm not taking your goddamn ticket. Go find someplace else to cash it. The gentleman with the ticket pulls a gun yep. and shoves it in the face of the cashier. 
Now, I didn't think I would ever have to say this in my entire life, but listener, if a person ever, you know what, this place take, took place in 2000, inflation, let's take inflation into account. If a person ever shoves a deadly weapon in your face and demands less than $1,000, probably just give it to them. Just give it to them. Just give it to them and then call the cops. And you know what? Here's the cool part is if you have professional liability insurance or commercial liability insurance, you get the $1,000 back and you get to keep your brains inside of your fucking skull. So. Well, okay. I'd like to bring up one or two things. Number one. We have no idea what the deductible on his liability is. The deductible might be a thousand, so you might have to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars to get his two hundred and thirty-one dollars back. B, that's not what you do. You walk right up to the gun and you put it in your mouth <laughs> and you go, "Do it! I want to die!" And then that'll make the guy not want to kill you for some reason. I've seen it work in movies. Really? Is that how that works? You've well, never Nick- seen it. You walk, you take the gun and you point it right at your forehead and you go, you don't have the balls. Now give me the gun. I, you know what? They tell you don't carry a gun unless you're prepared to use it. And I don't want to find out what the statistic is on how, what percentage of people would actually be willing to murder someone over 250 bucks. Don't carry a gun in your mouth held by someone else unless you're prepared to use it. Check. Okay, it. so... I'm guessing this guy gets killed and then also Nicolas Cage gets killed? No. So the guy is pointing the gun at the cashier and Nicolas Cage, of course, no one is running because why the fuck would you, right? You're in a New York City corner store. This happens every day, Tuesday. Just normal shit. So Nicolas Cage goes up to him and instead of running away like a normal human being, says to the guy, hey, uh, sir with a gun, I would like to make a business deal with you. And the guy turns around and says, would you like to die? And Nicolas Cage says, no, what I'm going to do is I want to buy that ticket from you for 200 bucks and then I'll cash it and I'll make $38 profit. And then the gentleman says, would you like to fucking die, Nicolas Cage? Would you like me to blow your fucking head off right in the middle of this store? But the guy's like, you know what, you son of a bitch, Moxie is in such short supply these days. I'll take you up on that offer. So he gives Nicolas Cage the 200 bucks. Nicolas Cage takes the ticket. Turns out it's a real ticket. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. And is just casually walking down the road with this guy that just threatened to kill him two times and having a conversation. And Nicolas Cage must really fucking have a death wish because the guy that he was, he just witnessed 10 seconds ago about to murder a cashier over $250. He asks him if he can help him get on medication for his problems. So this gentleman looks at him and is like, you have clearly got something wrong in your head, you honky. What do you need? What do you need in your life? What's your problem? And he's like, well, you know what? I have everything I need. And uh, the gentleman says, you know what, Jack? I'm going to be really, his name is Nicolas Cage. His name is Jack in this movie. I'm going to be real happy to do this for you then. So Nicolas Cage is like, how the fuck did you know my name is Jack? He's like, don't worry about it, Jack. So he fucks off. Next morning is Christmas, and Nicolas Cage is going to be in the office, of course, because he has got business to business, and we can't, no breaks. Hashtag no breaks, 16-hour days, wake up, grind, go to sleep, grind. So, Nicolas Cage goes to sleep, but then he wakes up, and when he wakes up, he is in bed with Taglioni because he has been transformed to an alternate universe where he is living the life that he would have lived if he had married, came back from London and not fall into the ops and the hoes and started a family and focused on what really mattered. But God does not tell him 
any of this shit before it happens. The dude just wakes up and is in a completely different house, has no idea who these goddamn kids are or what happens. So naturally, like Asterios, what would you do? What would you do if you woke up and you were in a stranger's bed? Well, first off, it's pretty clear what happened by the fact that this guy knew his name was Jack. I, I think I'd be like, oh, okay, that guy was magic and it's Christmas and I'm Guy got to learn like a Christmas no, lesson. No, fuck you. Fuck you. That is Christmas lesson nonsense and that so many of these movies operate on. Christmas movie nonsense is just the fucking fuel. Why is he working on Christmas? Christmas movie nonsense. What does he do? Christmas movie nonsense. Why is this merger that apparently is valued at 130 billion with a B dollars going down on uh, one of the... Uh, Largest bank holidays of the year. Fuck you. That's why. Christmas movie nonsense. I'm not saying I agree with Christmas movie nonsense. However, much like that guy in Scream knew the rules of horror movies, I know the rules of Christmas movies. And I would immediately know what was happening. I'd be like sliding doors, serendipity, time loop. By the way, if I'm ever in a time loop, I'm getting out of that thing in like three loops tops. I know all the goddamn rules of this shit. Like, but, I, but no, I would immediately be like, oh my God, Taylioni, I missed you so much. And it's the kids I've always wanted. And I would look straight at the camera and go, this really is the most wonderful time of the year. And then boom, I'm a dick swigging stockbroker again. And I'm friends with a crazy guy. It's good to be friends with a crazy guy because if shit goes down and you need to bury a body, your crazy buddy is there. Listeners, I know it's really hard to make friends past high school, but please don't do it with people you see threaten to murder cashiers. So Nicolas Cage is, this movie is apparently more super califragilistic, expialidociously real than Asterios is because Nick Cage wakes up and he's like, holy fuck, did I drink too much last night? I'm going back to my house. So he wakes up, he runs into like his, what are now his relatives. Of course, he doesn't know who the hell fuck these people are because uh, he never actually married Tay Leone. Uh, gets in his car, drives to New York City, just out to New York City, and uh, tries to get in his building and of course, the doorman is like, you are a crazy person and you need to get out of here. So that that whole thing happens and he runs into God in a car and it's like, yo, get in. I'm about to explain everything. And then he proceeds to explain absolutely fucking nothing to him, drives him around the block a few times, dumps him off, not even at his house, like just dumps him off and is like, you know what? Good luck. You got to learn some shit from this universe. This is a glimpse of what your life could have been and you got to learn some shit. And Nicolas Cage is like, what the fuck? No, send me back. What in the fuck? I have a million to a billion dollars in business to do tomorrow. And also, I don't know where I am. And also, I don't know who these people all are. And also, you did not explain any of this to me. Like you and I, I obviously know what's going down here, but he does not know what lesson he's supposed to learn. And God is like, ah, well, tough shit. See you later. But this has happened in so many of the movies that Nicolas Cage's character would have seen. Like, it's a wonderful life. It's a, everyone knows it's a wonderful life. Like, everyone knows a Christmas story. Like, yo, you're, 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 getting, you're getting Ebenezer Scrooge here. Very common thing. Also, he wakes up in the bed. He knows who Taya Leone is, okay? He used to be with Taya Leone. Ten he fucking years ago. Could you imagine if you woke up in bed and your high school girlfriend was there? What in the fuck would you do? Uh, I'd be like, oh, shit. Hi. Oh, my God, you're so hot. <laughs> Holy moly, you're Taya Leone, star of NBC's The Naked Truth. 
and that one episode of The X-Files because she, I think, was married to David Duchovny. Okay, now imagine that and also God took all your money as a reward for disarming someone who is going to fucking murder a cashier. Yeah, he gets in the car and God has the fucking audacity to tell him that the upper echelon was impressed with him and that's why they're doing this. But he does not tell him anything else. So it's like, hey, buddy, you know that good deed that you got yesterday? Uh, you're, here's your reward. You're now broke and you have fucking kids to take care of. I thought the robber was God. Yes, he was. Okay. He was. So God was so impressed by him stopping God? This is why I said he's not explicitly said to be God. So he has powers, and it's clear that he's done this to Nicolas Cage, but he does not control everything about it. He says the upper echelon was impressed with him, and this is his reward, and you also can't do anything, and I can't tell you what lesson you're supposed to be learned. That's why I said God is a fucking dick. Why is he not allowed to tell him? If this dude is just the messenger, then run it up the chain of command. This fucking sucks. This is a bad way to reward someone. I'm sorry. I This is... Nicolas Cage is dumb, dumb, stupid, dumb, <laughs> dumb. If he... Look, if you wake up next to Taylioni, much like David Duchovny did for years and years and years, you gotta start dancing a jig. Yo, that's the girl from Bad Boys. This is more Christmas movie logic nonsense. This is exactly like the time when I was a kid and I was in CCD, Catholic school, and they were talking about how Jesus came and tried to convince everybody that he was Jesus and nobody believed him. And I was, even as a six-year-old, I was sitting there like, holy fuck, yeah, of course. If some dude, you know, if some dude came up to my fucking door and knocked on my door and I opened it and I said, hello, sir, what are you doing today? He said, I am the son of God and I'm going to prove it to you by turning this water into wine and also it's my blood. You know what I would say? I'd be like, you know what, buddy? Snaps for effort, but you need to watch more documentaries on like the Ant Hill Kids or the Heaven's Gate cult because you can't come right out of the gate with the fucking craze. You got to wine and dine me a little bit first before you try to convince me to drink your fucking blood. Like, no, we're good on the weird sex cult shit here, dude. You you, you go find another person to chat to. I sure as shit wouldn't believe that. Are you fucking kidding me? If someone turned water into wine, I would know they were magic. Also, Jesus then walked on water. And also, I remember reading in the Bible, Jesus, like after he was reborn... He still had like that, the scar, the wound on his side where the Romans stuck the fucking sword when they ran Jesus through. And it's like, this guy's giving you a lot of clues. He's Jesus. Also, he looks and sounds like Jesus. The guy okay. you knew, Jesus. Jesus, first of all, not everybody saw him walk on water, Jesus. There wasn't fucking Twitter. It's not like they took a video and put it up and everybody saw it. It was like, holy shit, this guy can walk on water. He must be the son of God. Only some people saw that. You can only see the evidence that's in front of you right now because the book isn't written yet because he's still alive. He dies at the end. He needs to die and then the book can get written. You know, it's not like he runs out of mana for walking on water. If I was Jesus, I would just be constantly walking on water and doing my sermons while on water. And I would and then when I was done, I would turn all that water into wine and say it's rager time. And then if someone was like you're not Jesus, I would pull like an electric guitar out of my side wound and start shredding. There he has so many opportunities to prove to Jesus that he's Jesus. He's Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did it the shitty way where he did sporadic miracles and then just expected everybody to believe him. And then he died. So. <laughs> uh, listen, I agree. 
Much like Nicolas Cage is stupid, so are the people of Galilee. Clearly Jesus, clearly God. All right, so anyway, so God drives up in a sports car and is like, you did a good deed by stopping me, God, from killing an Asian American store <laughs> owner over a ticket that I guess was forged because he's God. Yeah. Like, like he, you know what? This Asian American store was right. This whole thing was a weird setup by the upper echelon, which sounds scary, by the way. Those sound like the guys that are trying to find Jason Bourne. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Nicolas Cage. Jesus Christ, it's Jesus Christ. So Nicolas Cage gets back after God dicks him over, and God is like, hey, yeah, you know that good deed you did? Here's your reward, you're poor. So he dumps him off at home. Meanwhile, inside of the house, Taya Leone is bawling her fucking eyes out uh, and crying and very upset. You know why? Because her husband, Nicolas Cage, woke up, immediately walked out of the house, did not tell her where he was going, and then drove around New York City for a bunch of times, therefore ruining their Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve for their kids. Yes. I th you know what? This is where the disconnect is. I realize where the disconnect is. You don't understand what it's like to wake up next to Taya Leone. Like, I guess. <laughs> That's the thing for me. I wake up next to Taylioni. I'm good. I'm not fighting it. We're we're going with it. This is Taylioni we're talking about from a league of their own. Come on, she's a movie star. You and also the beauty of Taylioni would cancel out the ugly of Nicolas Cage. So I bet those kids would be pretty nice. Okay, well, Nicolas Cage is a literal billionaire in this universe. He is getting supermodel pussy every day. He does not want Taylioni. That's why he, he is so disgusted by her pussy that he gets up and leaves immediately. So it's like, thanks, God. Uh, these kids and his wife, uh, who also have no fucking clue what's going on, uh, you're, they spent their Christmas on the phone with hospitals and police stations because you can't explain for some reason what in the fuck is happening. So of course he doesn't have an explanation for what the shit is going on for his wife either. She's just like, what the fuck? Did you just have an episode? Why in the goddamn hell were you just driving around New York City? He's like, lol, I don't know. I just don't like how you're running down Madam Secretary's pussy. It's like, God, why the fuck would you do that? And if you're gonna do that, why the fuck would you not magic zap him back to wake up that morning again? Like, why did you have to ruin this family's fucking Christmas. You're God. You can clearly reset his life and do whatever you want. So why don't you do that? Any fucking ways, Taylioni and Nicolas Cage, they go to Christmas parties and they're having a good time. And over time, he slowly, he like learns to love his family again, and blah, blah, blah. He realizes that this is the life he would have been living had he uh, said yes to Taylioni and not gone to London to learn because London made him too powerful and gave mm -hmm. him too much pussy pulling powers if he mm -hmm. would have just stayed away from that infectious cancerous tumor that is Great Britain he would still have his like family and he'd be really happy so over time he realizes oh shit this owns I like being married to Terry Leone I don't want to go back so he runs down uh God he finds God again and he's like yeah, you know how you said this was like a glimpse of my life? Well, I'm having a really good time and I want to stay. And God is like, no can do, sir. <laughs> Remember that thing? Remember how in the beginning I couldn't tell you any rules? Well, now I'm telling you that this is by definition temporary. So you're going back soon. So Erga, he wakes up one day and what the fuck do you know? He's back in his big dick swinging 
New York City apartment, Asterios, he's alone. He's alone by himself with giant piles of money. And nothing, and and doesn't matter how many times he moves the piles to kind of look like Taylioni's pussy, it doesn't work. He can't, he needs her back. So what he does is he calls her. You know how she called him at the beginning of the movie? Yes. It turns out that the reason why she called her is because she is a big dick swinging corporate lawyer who has a ton of money and I guess is assumed to be... uh, miserable as well because Nicolas Cage is miserable so I guess she's we have to assume she's miserable and she is on her way to move to Paris so she called him because she's like hey I found a box of your old shit can you come get it before I fly to another country and go live there forever I would have had her be the lawyer in charge of the merger and that's why she's calling him because the companies are merging much like they've got to merge. And he has to close the most important merger of his life, the re-merger between him and that TLP, not the loudest podcast, the Taylioni pussy. Exactly. No, but see, another key component is he also has to blow off his big deal because he has to rush to the airport to meet Taylioni. Like, that's a big thing. He... uh skips out on his major $130 billion deal meeting because he knows what he wants and it's true love and it's Taylioni's pussy. So he shows up at the airport and she's like, uh, I'm about to leave to go to Paris. So no, I actually don't want to go on a date with you right now. And he goes into this big monologue uh, describing their life that he saw in his flashback of like them and their kids and how they live and they're poor and they're happy. And she's like, in, in another stint of amazing Christmas movie nonsense, she's like, you know what? Yeah, let's go get a cup of coffee. Like, could you fucking imagine? Could you imagine? That pissed me off so much. If I cannot imagine for the life of me being at the airport, ready to move to another country, going to the airport is stressful enough as it is. Like, I'm there. I'm getting on that fucking plane. I don't care if I have to beat a gate agent. I'm getting on the damn plane. You know how hard it is to get to the fucking airport in New York City? Anyways... If a boyfriend showed up to me when I was about to get on a flight to fucking Australia or something and was I was like, hey, uh, you want these T-shirts from 10 years ago when we were dating? And he was like, no, you don't understand. You can't get on that plane because we're going to have two kids and we're going to be poor as fuck and our life is going to be miserable. We're going to be happy and you don't understand. I would be like, wow. I thought I dodged a bullet. Turns out I dodged a fucking nuclear arsenal. Goodbye, sir. No, I'm, I'm going to leave now because what you're saying is bullshit and insane. For someone who's so good at deals and business, that is a terrible, terrible pitch. Did he bring up God? Was he like, <laughs> look, there was an African-American guy and he tried to kill an Asian-American store owner over a fake lottery ticket that turns out it was real but it actually was fake because he was God and later he was in a sports car and he showed me a thing where we were married and then Tay Leone at the airport goes like it's kind of racist that you brought up their ethnicities <laughs> where their ethnicity is important to the story and then Nicholas Cage is like no I'm just trying to provide some color to this and then Tay Leone is like I don't know if that's the word you want to be using right now B Why can't he just meet her in Paris? He's super duper wealthy. He is about to close a $130 billion merger. It seems like he could use 
$1 billion of those dollars to buy an airplane and fly himself to fucking Paris. Or maybe he, because he owns the company, as is said about six fucking times, maybe he could have his business deal not take place on Christmas. Or he could designate someone else with his power of attorney. You know, like his attorney, he might be able to <laughs> empower his attorney to sign this on his behalf. You know, you can sign a thing and then FedEx it to the other people, right? Was the company he was merging with where they're like, we do things face to face and if it's not face to face then we don't do it at all like were they a bunch of like cowboy prospectors not really dude not really it's there's one corporate douchebag that is like sipping scotch and chortling in his office when he asked nicholas cage he's like nicholas cage you're down to like work on this merger on christmas right nicholas cage is like absolutely i am because i love money and i am business and i will business on christmas because it is my hobby and my life is business 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 the end and that's how the fucking movie ends what that's how the movie ends it's just them off laughing over their coffee and reconnecting that's how the movie ends is with them on like a coffee date yes they don't even like get yes they don't even like get married what if they don't like each other i mean 10 years have gone by what if they have nothing in common well uh if they have nothing in common a tough shit Asterio. she's uh lost out on her flight to paris which this is 2001 so probably like eight thousand dollars or something to fly to paris and nicholas cage uh, probably doesn't have a job anymore if you just skipped out on that random uh, meeting. But then again, he does own the company. So why is that happening in the first place? Who the fuck knows? All I know is the hooker at the beginning of the movie that he fucks is terrible gold digger. Terrible gold digger. She wakes up in bed with him, with this billionaire, and he's like, I want to see you again. And she's like, I can't. It's Christmas. I'm going to Jersey. Terrible work ethic. You need to hook. You hook a billionaire like that. You need to get pregnant immediately. I mean, look, I, look, I can't argue with that. But I can't argue with the end of this movie. Shouldn't God show up and be like, all right, I'm going to teleport you both to that nice reality where you have kids and stuff. And then Taylor is like, oh, it was God. Okay. And now they're like both. It's like, that's the happily ever after we want. Because the happily ever after we get in the family, man, it's just like two obscenely wealthy professionals blowing off their responsibilities to like, Go have a cup of coffee. They, at the <laughs> end of it, they both still have a shitload of money and no kids. And that's not what you want in the movie. You want no money and kids. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing that I didn't grow to attach to these kids over this movie. And I kind of didn't like them because there's no way they could exist ever, right? Like the eggs that would have made those kids, they're long since gone, right? Because yeah. no. in that universe, they got married like right after college or something. Right. Or like Nicolas Cage has done like so much coke that like his sperm count is is like a pocket full of ones. I have a question. How much much time did Nicolas Cage spend in the Family Man reality? Because someone tells me it's like seven hours. No, it is It is canonically like one or two days. I don't remember. He spends two days in the Family Man reality and he goes to God and he's like, I want you to make this permanent. I think it might be a week. I don't remember actually how long it was. I All was right, in and no, out. No, no, oh, no. Okay, honestly, a week is enough. No, that's enough for me to decide. So God has the power to like create this alternate reality, but not the power to maintain it? Is that what's happening? Like, is 
god out of mana crystals? Does he need to construct additional pylons? Is there not enough Vespi gas for God to, like, keep the illusion up? This is what I'm saying. What the fuck is this movie? Why is God being such a fucking dick? This is what God did in this movie, okay? Let me lay out for you uh, what God did. Like, in simple terms, taking Nicolas Cage out of the equation. God saw a man save a civilian from being murdered, and to reward this person, they sent them back in time to a life that they cannot ever have just to torture them, just to tell them to have fun. Like, here's what your life would have been if you didn't fuck up real bad 10 years ago. You can't stay here i mean leaves him there right until he's having a good time and then he's like nope keep it pushing buddy back to new york back to your unfulfilling life as a cocaine addicted stockbroker working on christmas and doesn't even like help them get back together what the fuck god why did you do that yes that is super duper weird it is super duper weird to essentially cock tease someone with a much better that's what he did that's what he did I 100% agree with you. Also, this is Christmas lesson entrapment because God is the robber. Now, if God were the Asian American store owner, the victim of the crime, and Nicolas Cage helped the victim, and then the Asian American convenience store owner had taken off the mask, revealing that he was an African American man because in movies like this, God's always black for some reason. I have a list of all the times God is black. Really? Yes. <laughs> is that true? Uh, yes. Uh, number two on this list in the 2000s is a character named Cash. That is him. That's Don him. Don Cheadle. You, uh, by the way, you never said this was Don Cheadle, and you should have said this was Don Cheadle from the beginning, because then our listeners could have imagined either War Machine or the guy that ran Hotel Rwanda. I hear real bad things about that hotel. I've heard not good things, but I don't know who Don Chortle is or whoever, whatever his name is. Don Cheadle. Okay. Don't worry about it. Remember those Marvel movies? Yes. He's one of the guys in the robot suits. Anyway, uh, he's number two on this list uh, right after him. Bagger Vance, played by Will Smith in The Legend of Bagger Vance. A couple more down. God, Morgan Freeman in the films Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. Apparently, in Bedazzled, God is also a black guy, and he's also the main character's cellmate, which means that he runs into the guy in jail, and he turns out to be God, much like in the movie The Family Man, he runs into a convenience store robber, and he turns out to be God. All right, so anyway, God is like, I'm going to reward you for stopping me from killing someone. So what if Nicolas Cage didn't do the right thing? Was God just going to kill this dude what was god's plan here i don't know that's pretty fucked up that's pretty fucked up that god's whole plan relied entirely on first of all him threatening to murder someone and nicholas cage being the world's biggest stupid dumbass and intervening instead of running not just that but also to then befriend the guy long enough to insult him by insinuating that he should be on psychiatric medication which is what spurs this i don't think this was his original plan Asterios. I don't think his plan was to run into Nicolas Cage. I think God's hobby is just running around and threatening to shoot people like a New York City asshole. 
Cash, played by Don Cheadle, was insulted that Nicolas Cage was like, you should be on some sort of psychiatric medication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. He was fucking pissed. One of the first things he says is right before Nicolas Cage wakes up in bed with Tay Leone, he's, oh, this is going to be great. I'm so happy. You remember. You did this to yourself, Jack. And the only reason I remember that line is because then he's like, hey, how did you know my name's Jack? In the fake reality that God is setting up, Nicolas Cage is correct because... Up until this point, Cash was a crazy guy who pulled a gun on someone. Yes! So God should give him double points for this. God should be like, ah, not only did you save that Asian American convenience store owner's life, but you tried to get someone who needs mental help into the system. You get two weeks with Tay Leone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a happy Tay Leone's pussy to everyone. No, Merry fucking Christmas, Nicolas Cage. What I'm going to do is psychologically torture you by exposing you to a reality that you will never live in. Also, we have no fucking idea if that was the real reality. Maybe he got married to Tay Leone and then had a terrible divorce. We have no way of ever knowing that because God fucking uh, materialized all of this and frankly this dude doesn't seem like a straight upstanding citizen i don't know if i would trust him to tell the truth about what the, the reality i'm going into is what happens to the like how come the convenience store owner gets traumatized on christmas and that's just fine like i don't like how god's like i'm gonna give you a great christmas by giving this other guy a terrible i mean you want to talk about working on christmas this convenience store owner has to work on Christmas. Like, Nicholas Cage is just choosing to work on Christmas. If the convenience store owner gets a gun in his face, this is terrible. Yeah, not only that, but also, remember, absolutely fuck Tay Leone and his kids in this movie. Like, your dad woke up and basically had a Walter White incident where he just was away, just wandered into the fucking desert, for all you know, for absolutely no reason. You have no way to contact him. You have no idea where where he is. It's 2001. He doesn't have a cell phone, so you gotta call the police station and the fucking hospital for hours on end. Every hospital in the area to see if somebody has picked up your diabetic husband who is having an episode for someone who claims to hate abortion so much god is totally cool with just murking those two kids like those are two extremely late-term abortions <laughs> not only are they late-term abortion it's like if you could go to the abortion clinic and be like hey you want to meet your kid before you abort it no <laughs> wait get no. in a machine and go forward in time and, like hang out with your kid like this was fun yeah Flush that shit. Don't give the religious right any ideas. Although, if we ever were going to get a holodeck, it would be for that explicit purpose. We've got to call up the Hobby Lobby guy and go, and go, look, what we need you to do is make super realistic androids. Why should I do that? Because they're going to pretend to be a lady's grown-up kid who was going to have an abortion. You, I will give you all of the hobbies and my entire lobby to get this thing done. And now we're living in the lobby of the Hobby Lobby guy. And I hear it's a great lobby. I heard that lobby is quite shabby. I don't know anywhere is that wrong with No, that. shabby. That's exactly shabby? right. What it's a very sh- like shabby. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know that was a word. Well, good for You've me. Never I'm heard proud the word shabby like shabby chic. No, I've heard the word shabby. I haven't heard the word shabby or something well, that rhymes with hobby. Well, I mean that's how British people say shabby. Oh, okay. So you're just making this up at a whole cloth. Got it. Yes, much like the cloth you could buy at the Hobby Lobby. At the Hoobie Looby. <laughs> okay. All right. So the movie's called Family Man, but in the end, he doesn't end up with a family. 
So shouldn't the movie just be called Man? It's uh, a man may have a family one day. (laughs) That's the working title of the movie. Man may have a family. God, that would make such a good, like, weird. Have you ever seen one of those low-budget weird Christian movies? Yes. Make it a guy, and he gets wakes up, and he's he gets transported back in time, or or something happens. Make it so the whole time the end at the end the M Night Shyamalan twist is that the guy's kids were never born because. (laughs) His wife, he made his wife get an abortion. Of course. The kids were getting in the way of all the business and all the deals. Yeah. <laughs> he needed yeah. that extra, you know, he needed that extra like seven inches of space that her that her pregnant belly would take up for all his contracts and 10 stacks of gold bullion. That's how hard it is in New York City, guys. Even a stockbroker right. with $130 billion cannot afford seven more inches of space in his apartment. So he had to make his wife get an abortion. That's how fucked it is up here, kids. Don't move here, please. So the movie should be called Temporary Family Man or Wants a Family Man or Had and Lost a Family Man. Because in the end, he's just a man with no family. He's just man. This movie should be called, God, what the fuck? Why? Then the sequel can be that that time that God made that dude kick his son up the mountain and like he was gonna murder him. And then God was like, ah, just kidding. Just gotta see if you do it. Wait a minute. Now you're going back to something you said at the beginning. This is Old Testament God. Because Old Testament God flooded everything. Old Testament God, yeah, he did the like the baby murder dare. Oh, like, Old Testament God like killed tons of people because one guy said, yeah, no, we're having slaves. No, this, this does sound very Old Testament God. Although here's an alternate theory. Remember when you used to work at Old Navy? Oh, uh, yes, I do. I do remember working at Old Navy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like sometimes when you're at a job like that, you get bored. And like someone comes in and they're like, do you have any performance places? And you're like, no, sorry, we've discontinued the performance place. And there's just like a big stack of them in the back. But you don't want to go back there to get one. So you're just like, sorry, they they weren't performing very well. Ha ha ha. Anyway, yeah. can I get you something else? Can I get you some sweatpants? This guy, now we know that, the, that there is an upper echelon before him. So he's like in middle angel man. Management. Maybe he just didn't want to do his fucking job that day. That happens to me every day I do my job. I don't want to do my job. Like, maybe that's what happened here. Maybe God told this angel to, like, make Nicolas Cage a new life. And then the angel, like, started doing it and was like, oh, it's quitting time. I gotta hit the old dusty trail. Yeah, like, oh, I'm supposed to, ooh, that good deed you did. You were supposed to be able to stay here forever, but, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is code for I'm drunk, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to finish it, even though I am on call tonight. Shit. Yeah, no, that would be more like he did less than nothing, because doing nothing would have taken so much lef- less effort. That's like someone coming into Old Navy and me being bored and being like, hey, do we have any performance fleece? And I'd be like, yeah, they're right back here. And then leading them into the dressing room and then beating them with a stack of catalogs because I'm bored. Do you have any of those catalogs left? Not on me. <laughs> okay, because my thing is... Women wearing dumpy, cheaply made clothing. Oh, fuck yeah. Old Navy is the store for people who think a size zero is 32 (laughs) inches across. You ever see the pants? They're fucking huge. No, I love them. You could could, run them up a flagpole and salute. All right. So your mom loves Family Man. Loves it. One of her favorite Christmas movies. Loves that. Loves It's a Wonderful Life. Totally subscribe. Christmas movie nonsense. Loves it. Wants to inject it into her. Does your mom like Scrooged? No. What is that? Scrooge is like a movie where like Bill Murray, like he's like a rich businessman and then he gets tortured by God. Only this time, 
God is played by Buster Poindexter of the New York Dolls. Now that's a God you want to hang out with, huh? Buster Poindexter, remember him? Cool high know. hair? Baby, it's cold outside? I don't know what any of those words you just said meant. Played at CBGB's with the talking heads? You don't know Buster Poindexter? Got any more references that our boomers will like? Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's about it. Well, that's that movie. Uh, zero out of ten. It sucks. Watch it with your mom. She'll probably like it. So your mom likes movies where there's like an alternate reality, what could have been kind of thing. Let's think about the ultimate sliding doors movie, which is not sliding doors. Ironically, the ultimate sliding doors movie is It's a Wonderful Life. God is also a dick in that. Because, like, George Bailey has lost the check. He's a boom. He didn't lose the check. His drunk uncle lost the check. And he's about to lose, like, the savings and loan. And that sucks. So, like, everybody's going to be homeless. And he lost a family business. Like, Mr. Potter's going to win. So he tries to jump off a bridge. And then an angel's like, no, no, no. I'm going to show you what it's like if you were never born. Why didn't the angel just go, no, no, no? Here's a check for $5,000 and here's $100 for like, you know, just to get yourself like a nice bottle of scotch and like a whole turkey dinner. Like, by, by the way, $100 could have bought someone a car back then. Here's $100. Buy an eight pack of Corvette. Like you're an angel. Now, I know you don't have your wings yet, but if you've got the power to show George Bailey an evil Potterville variant where your former wife, Mary, is now like a drunk singing for nickels. You got the power to find $5,100. Yeah, what the fuck? I would be so much more happier if these movies, instead of trying to teach you some kind of dumbass bullshit sanctimonious lesson, God just gave you money. Or in the case of Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage doesn't need money, he has been like, hey, here's the deal. You know that girl that called you? Call her back. And yes. Like, you know, how do I know that? Uh, take from that what you will. But you should do that. You should definitely just call her. See what happens. Yeah. I'd be like, your name's Jack. I'm God. I'll prove to you if I'm God. And then all of a sudden, snap your fingers. A Corvette appears. Snap your fingers again. You're driving the Corvette. Snap your fingers again. You got cool sunglasses on. Snap your fingers again. ACDC's TNT with Dynamite starts playing. And then, you know, you listen to TNT's Dynamite for a while. It's a really good song. ACDC really doesn't have that many bad songs. And then finally, be like, call Taya Leone back. She's trying to give you a box of shit from 10 years ago. Dude, she wants your dick. She's looking for an excuse to, like, ride on the man train. Not the family man train. That's an indifferent reality. She's, like, looking for an excuse to, like, get with the little man. The wee man. That's what Nicolas Cage's character should call his penis. I'm man, and this is wee man. Yeah, hey, buddy, you know how uh, you're, you're, you've just got a crushing emptiness inside of, you know how you have lots of money, but you look inside of yourself and you see just a deep well of emptiness? Well, Taylor can fix that, okay? I, hi, I'm God. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for stopping me from shooting a man. Also, if God knows who Taylor is, just be like, I know for a fact Taylor called you today. Uh, then open up your palm and there's a little teeny tiny Taylioni in there like doing that I'm a little tay a pot short and stout thing and it's like oh my god you have like a little magic Taylioni in your hand and God's like yes and then Nicholas Cage is like can I have one and God's like why and then Nicholas Cage is like uh no reason you see like Nicholas Cage start to like slowly unzip his pants and then God's like I 
think I'm going to give this lesson to someone else. Because he's like, haven't you ever thought of putting a little teeny tiny tear down your pants? And God's like, well, yes, we all think about it. I mean, again, Rancho, we all do. All men think about it, even God men. It is so weird, the amount of awesome, bizarre, fetish content like that I have come across on TikTok. Wait a minute. You've come across a teeny tiny Taya swinging on someone's dick like Tarzan on a vine? No. Because if so, TikTok might be more base than I thought. This is a serious to God, a TikTok trend I saw the other day. It's a sound and it goes something like, it's like ethereal sparkling noises and somebody says, a giant woman. So... What the people do in this trend is they'll be standing and they'll put the camera somewhere above them so they'll manipulate the angles so it looks like they're tiny. And they'll hold something like a piece of ribbon and they'll be like giving it to the giant woman. And then the perspective of the camera will change and you'll see the same person like slowly reaching down and picking it up and it's a little string and then standing up and like moving their body right. It's like clearly this is giantress porn, but it's like I, I didn't expect to find it on TikTok of <laughs> anything. Well, first off, I really don't like how both TikTok and erotic clip saleswomen are perverting the Steven Universe song, Giant Woman, because that's a great song. All I want to do is see it turn into a giant woman, a giant woman. Is it that song? I don't know. I've only heard like three seconds of it. Does someone go, a giant woman? Yes. That's Steven Universe being delighted to see Garnet, amethyst, and pearl fused into a giant woman, voiced by Tay Leone, Amy Mann. You know the star of Family Man with two N's. That movie where Amy Mann realizes that if she'd never written the soundtrack to Magnolia, she might never have ended up with Michael Mann. No, that's that's fa- Family Dude. That's the one about the fat guy that's married to the hot redhead, and then he has to go back in time to save his job for the brewery and unabort or reabort his kids. Where Cleveland plays a crazy robber who's trying to rob the gas station where H. John Benjamin's character works. Right, and then eventually he gets his own spit-off show called The Dick God Show. <laughs> My name is Dick, Dick God, God. <laughs> and I'm gonna shoot you in the face. And I am proud to shoot. <laughs> Random Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> and other types of racist characters that I find in New York City. Old friends and new friends and even a stock market broker. If I woke up with the family from the Cleveland show, I think I would keep Rollo the baby. I'd be like, hey, God, can I just have this one? Can you get rid of the... This teenage daughter seems like trouble. And Cleveland Jr. used to run around like a hyperactive ADHD, like crazy guy. And then at some point gained 400 pounds. How did Cleveland... Did Cleveland Jr. eat seven other Cleveland Juniors to become... I'm like the Alpha Cleveland Jr. How did this happen? It's actually established. I happen to be an expert in this. It's actually established in the Cleveland show that Cleveland Jr., the original Cleveland Jr., was killed by the current Cleveland Jr. because the current Cleveland Jr. is a special operative meant to, I don't know, tail Cleveland. Like, no, he meant to kill Steve the Bear. Cleveland's friends with a bear in the Cleveland show. So he was deployed specifically to murder the bear. Wait, in the Cleveland show, we see the larger cleveland jr taking out teeny tiny cleveland jr yes he uses a piano wire i believe to strangle him to death behind a bush we see we see little kid cleveland jr get garroted godfather style 
Well, not on. It's behind a bush, but yeah. He does okay. get garroted. I love that word. I forgot I knew that word. Garrot. Why can't. It doesn't seem hard to kill that bear. The bear, like, isn't like the bear works in, like, a secret underground lab. Like, the bear works at the cable company. Just go over to the cable. And also, they're always drinking in that bar. The bear's wife, like, probably wouldn't even stop you from trying to kill him. Because, like, the bear's wife, played by Arianna Huffington, seems to, like, have no love for the bear. Like, I don't know why you have to take out Cleveland Jr. and pretend to be part of the Brown family in order to kill this bear. Yeah, no, the, I didn't say it was a good plot twist, but that is the plot twist. Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the plot of The Family Man, the movie from the year 2000 starring Nicolas Cage that, no joke, won the Saturn Award for Best Actress in a Science Fiction, Fantasy, or Horror Film by, you guessed it, Taya Great Pussy Leone. Yeah, listener, listener, you ever wonder how good my pussy is? I just talked for 90 minutes about a movie that came out two decades ago, and Asteros is still into it. <laughs> Nicolas Cage won a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for Favorite Actor in a Comedy Romance. Blockbuster was so big at one point that they had their own award show on fucking television. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes, yeah, it won the Blockbuster Entertainment Award. Now look, Tay Leone was nominated. Don Cheadle was nominated. Nicolas Cage brought home the gold in VHS tape. Now it could be. Oh, my God, I would kill for one of those trophies. Imagine what a, like, a testament to failure that would be. <laughs> I would keep it. I think it's priceless. I've pulled up what the Blockbuster Awards uh, look like because, wouldn't you know it, I got, you look at Blockbuster Award, Nev Campbell holding the Blockbuster Award. We've got Jennifer Lopez holding up a Blockbuster Award. Drew Barrymore, and it's not a VHS tape. It's one of those old-fashioned like film canisters, like the reels that yeah. says Blockbuster on it. So I'm sorry, it wasn't a golden VHS tape. Will you forgive me, Rancho? I will forgive you, but only if I am allowed to talk about why I hate J-Lo. You, you know because what Jennifer Lopez? No, I, I fucking, that's my like, my. there's this TikTok trend going around, like, what's a celebrity that you have imagined one-sided beef with? And mine is Amy Schumer because she blocked me on Twitter and J-Lo because she's never sung any of her own songs. Look it up. It's not even a conspiracy theory. She does not sing. I just Googled that. I was like, does Jennifer Lopez sing her own songs? There's a ton of articles about this. Apparently, she uses something called ghost singers. Like, it says here that she is known for taking demos from uh, other singers and then just, like, keeping those singers in her songs and not crediting them. So I'm guessing he she just, like mixes them way up and her way down so she's like le she, there's like a homeopathic amount like a like the smallest legal amount of jennifer lopez in these tunes is is that it just enough that she can yeah no she's a bitch she doesn't she does not sing her own song she doesn't that she's a fucking uh, she's my one-sided celebrity beef and i hate her well i mean i've got good news for you if you want to see jennifer lopez suffer really where where can i see that in the red room on the the deep web no it, it's even better uh, she's gotten back together with ben affleck lately you know the sad dunkin donuts eating ben affleck <laughs> so like now the two of them can like kind of make each other miserable together He's very overweight. You ever see that clip of Jennifer Lopez walking around? I think it's Los Angeles. And she points at some guy's house, some guy, old, some just old grandpa's sitting on his porch. And she's like, hi. And the guy's like, hi. She says, I used to live there. He says, 
what? She says, I used to live there. Where? Here, in this house, in your house. Who? Me. Who are you? Jennifer. Who? Jennifer Lopez. Who's Jennifer Lopez? I'm Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it's great. It's a good clip. <laughs> and this poor old dude has no fucking clue. Oh, she is. There is no clip of Sriracha trying to like essentially convince someone that she's a celebrity. And there's one clip of Jennifer Lopez doing it. Advantage Rancho. I think you won this in this one-sided celebrity fight. I think you won. Fuck yeah. Now I just gotta get back at Amy Schumer somehow. Is it possible that Amy Schumer blocked you because you tweeted terrible, terrible things to her? Were you part of like the Amy Schumer cyberbullying mob? No, I looked because I specifically looked and I had never tweeted at her because that was my first thought is I probably called her fat or something. And you know what? If you block me for calling you fat listener, I, I, I would understand. I don't think you're wrong to feel that way. <laughs> I do not think you'd be wrong to do that. But I checked. I had never tweeted at her in my entire. I did tweet something about her. So maybe she's a dirty name searcher or her intern is a dirty name searcher. And what was the thing you tweeted about her? Was it about how much you enjoyed her in Trainwreck? Uh, it was probably related to her weight in a negative manner, but I do not probably, remember exactly what. Probably related allegedly, to her weight. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, so now here's the thing. You have a one-sided beef with Jennifer Lopez. Yes, I do. You have a two-sided beef with Amy Schumer because you tweeted something mean about her. I mean, I don't think that's two-sided because when I say one-sided, I mean, I absolutely hate this person and they don't know I exist. So that's the one side. It's my side. And the side is bad. I'm making fun of myself. But yes, I have a one-sided fight with J-Lo. I have a one-sided fight with Amy Schumer. And I also, what else is in my life? I also have a one-sided fight with uh, random Instagram models. Can I hear an example of this? I just don't. Like, when I'm scrolling through, t I have, I hate follow. It's called hate following. I hate follow a bunch of influencers because uh, their content mm -hmm. is so terrible. But I, I mean, they're laughing all the way to the bank, I guess. I guess. I just like, I like watching them misuse terms like OCD and different aesthetics or like jump on something that I saw on TikTok three months ago on Instagram. It's just, I, I enjoy making fun of them because I'm a piece of shit. And that's where I get joy in my life is from making fun of other people. That's why I have a podcast and everybody in my life hates me. And if you hate me, listener, you are not wrong to feel that way. <laughs> I, I just want to hear one example of an influencer engaging in any of the behaviors you've listed. Yes. A personal good one is a while ago, I watched uh, an influencer try to both sides the Chinese Uyghur crisis. I believe they're called Uyghurs. Uyghurs. I, I do not know that. But no, she was. Uh, uh, and then because uh, they, they can't take hard stances on anything politically, except obviously for things that you can just say. On, like obvious things like oh yeah can make tampons free cancel student loan debt you can say benign things like that but you can't like say uh, pick a side on like russia versus ukraine <laughs> it's just fun it's it's fun i like enjoy watching those things my instagram feed is mostly just people trying to sell old comic books and then me going damn I really shouldn't be buying any more old comic books. <laughs> I'm trying to save the money for a house. I had to uninstall all that. My Instagram is constantly trying to sell me like vintage comic books, vintage toys, and vintage records. It sounds like your Instagram is trying to sell you a combination of 
Eating disorders in terrible political opinions. Oh, yeah. My Instagram is trying to feed me three things. Number one, eating disorders, obviously. <laughs> Everybody has those. Uh, number two, body dysmorphia. And number three, crypto scams. I get so many ads for fucking crypto scams. And it's it's great. It's crazy. Like, FTX just happened. Why don't you just chill on the marketing there for a second? <laughs> Like, scroll it back. Your ad dollars are being wasted, especially on me, because I'm not going to your crypto scam. I have never sent any money through Instagram, so I'm not in the population that would fall for this. I'm, I'm glad you're proud of yourself for not being as addled as an Alzheimer's patient with an iPhone. Uh, congrats. You could really hang your hat on this. Oh, the yeah. fact that you're not going down to CVS to buy a $500 iTunes gift card and send it to someone who randomly called your house. Oh, yeah. If you put me in any type of competition with an old person with Alzheimer's and no iPhone, I would beat the shit out of them. Any type of battle of words, battle of the minds, physical competition, I will fucking destroy anyone with Alzheimer's. Well, listen, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. It's fall, y'all. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Loudest Podcast. As usual, you've gotten to nothing we were supposed to talk about. <laughs> we said like a whole big love is blind thing ready. <laughs> Remember, good, good pussy do have a man be listening for 80 minutes about a movie that came out two decades ago. You, you, look, hey, I'm not going to argue with the former but Nicolas Cage movies from the 2000s, that's all I want to talk about. I want to talk about Nicolas Cage movies from the 2000s and John Cusack movies from the 2000s. Remember in the Bratz movie when the Yasmin was Latina and she had an entire fucking mariachi band in her kitchen? And that's how they establish her character is with a fucking mariachi band in her downstairs kitchen as she's going to school. God, we should watch that movie. It fucking owns. Well, I mean, was it her quinceanera? No. It was just, just a regular Tuesday? Just going up on a Tuesday. Is her family rich enough to like have a full-time live-in mariachi band in the movie, Bratz? No, I'm pretty sure her mom has like a racist Hispanic job, like she's a maid or something. You know, she probably wouldn't have to work so hard as a maid if they weren't constantly feeding housing clothing and paying a full mariachi band <laughs> that movie is about in the movie brats like you you are assigned who your friends are uh -huh. so at the end of the movie that they find out that they have they all have a passion for fashion and they, they break up the cliques and the school is no longer organized and everyone is free to have fun with whoever they want it's a good movie. It's about as good as Family Man. We should watch it sometimes. The Bratz movie's awesome. It takes them till the end of the movie to realize they all have a passion for fashion. Aren't they all passionately wearing fashionable clothes throughout the entire movie? It's not like you can hide your passion for fashion. They're in designer outfits in the whole Bratz movie. Well, one of them is a cheerleader. She has to wear that uniform to school for most of the episodes. That's pretty fashionable. That's a very fashionable outfit. Not, no, dude, those things itch. Like, you ever fucking try on a cheerleading uniform? They're not fun to wear. They itch and they kind of, like, because they're, they're, they don't breathe at all. What you usually do is you wear, like, a vest and the vest makes you sweat like a 
bitch. It's made out of some like tough fabric that clothing shouldn't be made. It's made out of like whatever they make the sails of boats out of. It's probably made out of polyester, right? I thought polyester was breathable and that's why they used polyester. Opposite. Polyester does not breathe. Polyester sucks shit. Does cotton breathe? Yes, cotton breathes. So why wouldn't they use cotton? It's more comfortable and it breathes. It's more expensive. Yes, it is. I, I realize this is not a not a visual medium for most of you. I'm doing the dinero thing doing with my fingers. Thing. She's doing the, the, the hand thing. The, the hand thing means money. I've seen a lot of movies where cheerleaders raise money. Like they go door to door, like selling cookies, you know, or they'll they'll have like a car wash. Like, why didn't you guys just have a fundraiser to get better uniforms? I know. It's such bullshit. We used to do this thing where we touch each other every year. <laughs> And then people would pay for it, but then the school board told us to knock it off. Yet another woman in sports destroyed by the woke mob. I know. It's ridiculous. Why did they have to cancel Makeout Fridays? It's bullshit. Hopefully when President President DeSantis is in charge, you cheerleaders have the freedom to touch yourselves. Not the boy cheerleaders, just the girl cheerleaders. Oh, obviously just the girls one. They're going to bring back lesbian kissing Fridays. Florida sounds pretty cool, actually. I keep thinking about moving to Florida. Florida's great. I want to move to Florida. Yeah, I want to move to Florida, too. Thank you so much for listening to The Loudest Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.